Alright, welcome to this episode of Star Trek Reliant. I am your host, Duncan Idaho, for this evening. I've, I was going to say fiendish pleasures and ghoulish delights, but we're not actually going that way with tonight's theming. What I can offer you instead is our full cast of characters for tonight. We are joined by Chorog, our security officer. Hello everyone, Chorog here. Resident security specialist, asset relocation specialist, and tardigrade wrangler. We have D.B. Wells, our temporal investigations incident waiting to happen. Yeah, can I get a... a and the side of... A, yeah, you, you got that? Sure. Uh, a way. number 12. <laughs> yeah, you know what I like. Next up, we have our uh, um, uh, ship's counselor and uh, chaplain of the All Fates Chapel, and also bartender, but not in the exact same role, uh, Grumpy Old Nord, playing uh, Waitley and Grimbear. Hello. We have con officer Kara Junrani. Actually, I want to see that now. Since we kind of established that Waitley is a bit evil, I just want to see him prescribe beer and alcohol to people. <laughs> Yeah, just drink to forget it. You'll be fine. You've got a problem with substance abuse. What you need is to burn it through your system. Here's here's a vodka. We've got our uh, chief medical officer and XO, uh, Eli O'Connor. I'm also an alcoholic and the best gambler you'll ever see. I wouldn't say gambling addict because addict would imply that I'm losing. We have a uh, also a uh, martial arts shoe specialist. That's on your character sheet now, right? The, the shoes? It is not on my sheet. I gotta add that to my sheet. Sorry, my Discord just froze up there for a second. <laughs> oh, no worries. We also have with us tonight Oakley and Chet here, who will be providing beep-boop noises. Beep-boop. And lastly, we have our chief engineer, Rick Deer. Yes, I have a mini-me version of me running around. Excellent. We begin with the USS Reliant on an exploration cruise, flying through space in a general, you know, lackadaisical warp cruising speed. Camera pans around the ship to then view, well, a little scene going on inside sickbay, or inside the wildlife biology lab, where a cute little lizard creature is having its uh, physical to make sure it's all tumbly-wumbly and happy-happy. Well, I guess I pass for what's a veterinarian on this ship. Let me take a look-see. It's a lizard! Thank you, John. I knew that part. Great. John salutes. Yeah, so we're um, sort of planning on uh, getting a terrarium set up in the engineering room, and well, I sort of need to know the exact details of what it needs um, before I can well set the requirements for the... Um, the challenge. I'm kind of surprised that the guy at the pet store didn't give you that. I thought you were coming to me for a general health checkup. Well, I mean, we've got general details, but I mean, it's it's always good to double check with a trusted source. Well, I'm not exactly certain what we're dealing with completely, but I will go ahead and tell you that from all what I can tell, it basically seems similar to a Terran bearded dragon, which means at least as far as cold-blooded you know, pets go, this is going to be fairly hardy. Still, you're going to have to watch the moisture levels and the temperature levels, you know, quite well. You're going to need a warmer area for basking and digestion and a colder area for resting and thermoregulation. 
And just looking over LJ here, he seems perfectly fine and healthy to me. Alright, then uh, I have the basis to go on. Thank you, Kara. You're welcome. Uh, for substrate, you might want to try moss. I don't know. Uh, regular dirt might work. It depends on uh, behavior. You'll have to see what he's like and whether he wants to dig and hide under things or what he's going to do. But mm -hmm. if you have any problems, come on back and I'll do the best I can for you. Well, the, the aim is to pr try and provide various options and stimulations. Uh, dirt ground, some stonework, some, some hidey holes, and all sorts yeah, of things. Yeah, but you never know what's going to stick. You know, we also used to do all kinds of stuff for the sheep when I was, you know, back on the farm. We had one sheep, you know, who enjoyed a great deal of the puzzle toys, and then we had another sheep who would just stare at him, unsure of what the purpose was. Oh, that's so, why, why until we get to get a sense of who LJ is, that, well, spread a wide net. Right, so anyway, I would go ahead and say, you know, larger is always better, but you probably want at least... Let's see, this guy is bigger than I normally estimate. I'd say you probably want at least four cubic feet for him. And if you can do that with multiple levels or a larger area, that's even better. I've, I've got some ideas. Uh, just, just for that, give me an insight check. Okay. I might as well just fail this, but let's see here. What's... Oh, her insight isn't that I will spend two threats to make your complication range 18. That's fine. Uh, I guess this would be uh, command. Insight Command. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't have a clue. In fact, she's probably got some sort of wrong idea that uh, Duncan has been thinking of. The lizard isn't a lizard at all, but a monotreme. Mammal-like reptile, in actual fact, Kara thinks. Okay, I don't know how she would get that from reading <laughs> Rick wrong, though. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought that, okay, I thought it was an LJ scan. No, so, this was her trying to figure out what Rick was meaning when he said he had plans. Oh, okay. Um, you think he's going to, like, have some kind of sore ritual to officially adopt him into his family? Kara just kind of looks at, uh, looks at Rick and is just like, uh, uh, yeah. You, you, uh, go, go right ahead. Alright, then, uh, I shall start with the plans, then. Uh, right. <laughs> And with that, he'll just sort of uh, start scratching the, the the top of LJ's head and carrying him off back to uh, engineering. Kara just kind of cleans up the biology lab and heads for the bridge, wondering, well, not really wondering how she got this job, but wondering if maybe they should, they should get another biologist. Sets of meanwhiles in the corner, uh, processing data. And scans, and scans. One of the biology room, I guess? Yeah, basically using the uh, uh, the computers there. She also likes the biology room. Kara just gives her a wave. Anything interesting going on, Setsa? No, not really. Oh, just processing more commentary data, because that's all we're really picking up out here. Yay. Sounds like Yay. fun. I'm going to go back to the bridge and fly a massive starship around space, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, I'd say it flies closer to comments, but I don't really... I don't think it would help. I'll go nudge I one don't... for you. It'll be fun. Alright, well, you have fun. Narrator. Later that day, Kara nudged a comet, changing its orbit and sending it crashing into an M-class world 300,000 years later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Sir Isaac Newton is the deadliest son of a bitch in space. Indeed. We then cut over to ten four, or, or Club 42. Forget which one we have on occasion. So we go to Club 42, where various people are having uh, some relaxing meals and drinks and things between shifts. Charog walks in. He's looking to have his uh, meal for the day. Those are the replicator and orders some spicy curry for the glory of the Nausicaan Empire. He had heard about spicy curry and wanted to see if he could test his uh, metal with it. So the computer leaps and a yellow mass appears on the plate. Is that what all the excitement's about? Charog picks up his plate and heads over to the nearest table. He picks up a knife and fork and starts eating it. It is rather potent, but rather hot. But this never stopped Chorog before, so he just engulfs the entire mass in three massive bites. What's all the fuss about? This isn't all that... All of a sudden, Chorog's, Chorog's stomach gets all the rumbles, shakes, and grumbles. Oh, I'm not liking this. This isn't good. Chorog goes to get up and lets out the biggest, loudest belch anyone's ever heard. It echoes throughout the club and rattles all of the bottles on Grimnir's bar. This is a ear-splitting belch, like no one's ever heard. Graves slowly turns to Chorog. I guess that didn't agree with me all that well. Uh, that's perhaps an understatement. You all right over there? Chorog lets out another shorter aftershock. I think I'm going to be fine now. Eli is in a booth, having his lunch, looking over. Well, what are you looking at? Go on with your meals. Ain't you never seen a guy's belch before? Not like that in a while. He slowly turns back to the bar. Y you need a doctor, buddy? No, I need a drink. Oh. Um, what did you eat? I tried some of this thing they call spicy curry. I want to see Oh, I'm having some curry right now. It's I got a lamb vindaloo. Well, I don't know what this was. It was bright yellow and it was good going down, but good lord, did not agree. Wait, you're you're telling me you, you the big bad warrior cannot handle curry? I've never had curry before, so I'm not used to it. I mean that that's fair, but wow, I probably didn't agree with that brocade blood pie I had for dessert last night. Um, I was thinking it'd be too hot for you if that's the case. So you're just having. Stomach issues? I, like, if you have spice, I would just say, drink some milk, but... Oh, milk, ugh. Uh, gingerly heads over to the bar. Hey, Grimnir, give me some of my... Give me some of that rum. I need something to kill this taste. Oh, that's not cool. Grimnir, uh, comes out from the back room where he was rustling around doing stuff, and he says, But you, you need a drink? Ah, I got just a thing for you. Give me a minute. I got a new batch of meat I've been working on. Perfect. He goes back at the back, and he comes out with a bottle, sets it down in front of him. He says, I, I literally just bottled this. I, don't, I haven't come up with any labels for it, but uh, it's something new. You might like it. Give it a try. Oh, good. I need something to kill this stomach taste from that curry. Truck takes a good sweep from the bottle. Yeah, this ain't half bad. What is this? Banana habanero. Ooh. Okay. Which Truck takes another good... Hard swig and feels his stomach rumbling again. It's like, oh, I better go. 
out of character, I, I had to throw that in because I, I had a friend years ago who made their own mead, and one of their favorites was actually banana habanero. So I was like, okay, yeah, Grimner, Grimner is giving him that right now. <laughs> Alcohol makes spice in this worse. Trog, no, he's he leaves and he's no probably ten steps out the door, and, and here it comes yet another one of his these loud, just bellowing belches from the hallway. I mean. Up on the bridge, there's a shudder as the bridge crew looks around. Did something just hit us? Grave sighs. Hops, or hops up and is like, alright. Well, back at it. Eli, um, let me know if Chorog needs medical leave. Um, I think he'll be fine. He's just gotta, he's just gotta work it off. Alright. No sooner that he says that, you can hear another one, but the doors rattle on the club. I mean, at this point, we're maybe pushing a structural integrity fields. I mean, kind of tempted to call, like, Daystrom or something. This doesn't seem normal. All right. Want to take shelter on the bridge? Please. Let's go. Um, Eli finishes up the rest of his lamb vindaloo. All right. Eli and Graves arrive on the bridge of the Starship Reliance. It's a quiet day. Graves looks around. Looks to Kara. Uh, we still have both Natha, uh, na- both nacelles. Yeah, I think so. I've been trying to figure out what hit us. Just every once in a while, the ship vibrates like crazy. That's Chorog. What? We think. It's beyond my medical understanding of how this is even possible. I just... All right. You, you know All what? Right. Never mind. At that moment... Okay, at this moment, uh, Kara... I want you to do a science insight roll with ship assistance. I will do the ship. One success for Kara. I thought I'd be... Oh, here we go. Uh, Agile bot, why you fail me? Uh-oh. Here we go. Uh, also, uh, one success for the ship. Wasn't letting me just roll one dice. <laughs> um... Yeah, so, uh, Kara, you've got a beep on sensors. Hey, uh, we've got something on sensors here. This might not be the best time for us to worry about, uh, whatever's going on below decks. Uh, yeah, absolutely. What do we have? And Kara's sensor reading shows that they have detected a low warp signature. Uh, low-speed warp signature, sir. Uh, location. And this would also be a, um to roll another inside uh, science roll. Application success. And a success as well. So, Kara, you detect that there is a small um, a small vessel uh, achieving warp in a nearby system. However, your assist, uh, sensor readings show that it is an unmanned craft. Possibly a missile. Alright, uh, looks like we've got a small craft neighboring system. Unmanned, though. I don't know. Missile? Quite possibly. All right, let's Could go ahead and check it out just in case. All that, too. Um, I yeah, swear to God, if we someone... find another set of civilizations nuking each other. Yeah, let's hope for the best. Um, Kara, set a uh, chorus high warp. Aye, Captain. The USS Reliant zips into warp and rather quickly comes upon the system in question. It's a, well, not too surprising. Um, uh, just a second reference sheets, but it's a small uh, uh, M-class, or uh, system of worlds, M-class planet, and a bunch of other miscellaneous planets 
as well um, in the system. You bring up the uh, vessel in question. And on sensors, this is what you got on the main view screen now. Can't decide, sir, if it looks more like a drill or a top. Quite an ornate. I mean, it's quite the statement if someone's using that to nuke someone else. That's a lot of gold. Is that yeah. even gold? Oh, Zell. Um, let's see. Let's do another scan of the thing. You do know I'm not a scientist, right? Yeah, since it's downstairs, though, and we've got Larissa on the bridge. I, I can do a scan. What about D.B. Wells? All right. Get him up here. He's a scientist. He didn't show up for a shift. <laughs> I have been certain moral com uh, complication for D.B. out of nowhere. Yeah, the DM. Okay, anyway. Uh, on your science roll, uh, so um, that will just be another inside science. Okay, me or Eli? I'll, I'll do it. Uh, Eli. Yeah, a little bit of variation here. Good. I volunteered for it. Alice, I gotta find my actual sheep. Okay, we got a success from the ship. So, insight science. Two successes! Well, you can determine at this range that it is not an unmanned ship. The thing looks to be a very simple warp craft with one single occupant. Oh, it's their phoenix. It's adorable. Oh. Are we looking at a first contact, potentially? I believe so we are, sir. Alright, um, any chance we can hail it? Um, communications might be primitive for them. Eh, I'll ping them on everything, including radio waves. We have radio? We've got a deflector. We can make any kind of wave you want. So, uh, this might be something you want to involve Rick Tier on. Is it bad my first idea was to put a rotisserie chicken and use microwaves to see how fast it'll cook? Anyway, Kara goes ahead and just kind of beeps down to, you know, engineering and asks Rick if they can help uh, boost the communications array across a wider spectrum. We got no idea what this guy is using, so whatever you can give me will work. So, what, uh, potential for lasers, potential for light? Um, uh, let's stick to, the one think, thing. Go ahead. I was going to say, the bonus I'll give you is that you are detecting radio transmissions from the ship. Let's not... They're complex enough, and they're relatively complex, too. Let's not, not go with laser communications at this particular point. They might perceive that as some sort of range finder or threat. All right, well, send, send me the details down of whatever you've got, got, got scan of the ship, whatever readings you're getting of any potential communications that may be going to or from, and I will uh, start working on calibrating. Yeah, send down the data I got. You send down the data, and now uh, inside engineering role for Rick. Ship can assist as well as the engineering team. Okay. Uh, inside is going to be that. We don't have any momentum. I don't think any of my focuses apply, so it's just going to be a straight roll. Uh, four plus a roll from the ship. Alright, so the roll from the ship is... Yeah, let's go ahead with this. I didn't image queued up, but... Yeah. Uh, two successes from the ship as well. Um, with the information that you have, you actually work out that they're using... That the ship in question is using a uh, basically streamed video signal that they're broadcasting from the uh their ship back to the m-class planet in the system 
It's taking a little while, though. I mean, it's not an instantaneous communication method, of course. Um, so it's basically, it seems like it's a log. And you're able to feed that information to the Universal Translator. You'll basically be able to call this guy on his own uh, frequencies. Of course, scan data to the ship allows you to figure out, okay, what's the transmission system, so on and so forth. So, yeah, you can basically just ping him. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to Flash Gordon now. We, are, we have received the signal. Lock on to the transmission. Beep, boop. Beep. So, so in engineering, there's this uh, main computer screen that's that's got the live broadcast. At first, it's like just sort of unusual sounds of this these languages it, as uh, one by one words coming into um, the the, the uh, translator and. It goes from this unintelligible mess to an actual port of the logs. Um, so he's able to um, get that ready and um, uh, taps his combat chair. Kara, Rikta to Kara. You got Kara here. What you need? Well, I've been able to uh, tap into the the signal that's going down. It seems to be a, a video log of the um, pilot's experiences, um, being able to to pass everything into the Universal Translator, so that should be um, right for communications. I've got the the, um, the frequency, the, the the bandwidth, the range of the of of the signal. So um, I've uh, got a little configuration set up that I'm just going to be sending you. So. Um, First contact can be made. Goody gum drops. I will let the captain know that he can say hi anytime he likes. Kara basically just turns in her chair and gives a quick report to the captain. Um, all right, excellent. Um, let's take a listen to uh, to what this guy is broadcasting first. Well, in that case, I hope it's nothing personal. Kara just pipes it in. So. Uh, what you see is a wizened-looking uh, old man, white hair, um, pale skin, a bit of gray, and some prominent ears. The ship itself looks relatively sophisticated. The man is wearing uh, a bit of a flight suit with a bronze vest of pretty intricate detail. The man says, mm, Yes, the launch was a success, but uh, I fear the launch facility has been compromised. Ah, well, for the sake of science and all that, I... Of course, have no way of getting back to a precious homeworld, but shall endeavor for as long as I can, breaking the warp barrier, and see what's on the other side. Yes, for all Dwemer, I will. I will do this. And culmination of a life's work. Okay, first off, before we get off on the, probably the big bombshell there, I'm just going to state, the fuck, a one-way mission? <laughs> You'll see. You'll see. Harsh. Um, yeah. That's what they used to oh, man. Well, it may have not been planned that way. The mentioning about what's happened to the launch facility. Um, but yes, we have a Dwemer. And for those in the know, you know. For those in the know, hey, we got some elves. Anyway. My immediate thought also is now that you mentioned the, the, uh, the launch facility, I'm like, ah, yes, SpaceX. <laughs> God damn it. It's just a crater. <laughs> uh, yes. 
so, yeah, Graves says, oh, I guess we can actually help him with this one-way trip here, since, you know, we can not let him die in the vacuum of space, but I suppose we should ask first. Uh, try to patch us through. Nice, right, sir. Getting us on the right frequency. He should be able to receive, so just say whatever you want to say. I don't think there's, like, any sort of signal to let him know. I don't think there's, like, a doorbell here. So... It, it, the first, like before Graves can speak, you just hear Jax, Jax. She's sending me a message. No, my mind made up. Can I not bring the rocket back at this point? And for as good of a lab assistant as you are, well, you've been a terrible, terrible uh, orator. It's all right. That is you. Go forth. Be yourself. Do wonderful analyses. And Graves just says, like, uh, um, okay, uh, sir, sir, um like to offer something else than your current situation is in. Um, do you have any visual systems? And Med Blinks. Yes, I have many visual systems. This was supposed to be an observatory. Or raking at the commentary veil. Ah, uh, let's see. There's that. That, and he sort of grows still for a moment. It's like, that is a ship. You are not Dwemer. It says, um... No, indeed none. We're also having a real-time conversation right now. Ah, yes. Yes, should have known. Um, you're aliens. It's like, yep, that's probably the long short of it. You've achieved warp flight, and we've come to say hello. Man, that takes a deep breath. And the sacrifices are all worth it. The honor of the Dwemer, our home, and my life. You know, I'm going to go ahead and break in here for the captain and just say that we can help you get home. That's not a problem. Oh, you can? Oh, didn't really want to die out here, but you really couldn't land the ship anymore. I was going to say, that'd be a little harsh to just let you go flying off from the unknown. Anyway, I'd better let the captain talk. Yeah, so we have a few ways of bringing you on board this ship. Um, it's quite a bit larger than yours. Uh, we have instantaneous transportation. We could bring you into one of our... Um, our, um, small craft base. Uh, and, yeah, just be in the process of saying hello between people. And says, ah, yes. We could also tractor beam them back into orbit. Oh, no, 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 no. Your, your ship is fine. Your ship is fine. Um, I, I am quite excited to see it. It looks magnificent. Right, well, we're still going to tractor your ship so it doesn't get smashed into bits. Very, very appreciated. Bit fragile. I... We kind of rushed the launch. I gather. Ah, yes. So, um, very good. And he, he closes the transmission. Chris like, um, seems simply enough. Yeah, a little weird he didn't want to go directly home, but eh. We'll hold on to the ship for some kind of museum piece or whatever. Well, certainly, but, uh, I mean, at the same time, though, it's like, yeah, alien ship. I don't want to see it. I'd want to see it. All right, we can go see it. But my point is, is that I just wasn't going to let it go flying off into space. Like, yeah. I don't think it matters if we borrow it for an hour before we give it back. Oh, certainly. I'm just uh, talking from his point of view. Okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm going to go to uh, Shuttle Bay 1. Um, who would like to have the bridge? I kind of want to see this, too. I'm curious. Larissa raises a hand. It's like, all right, Lizra, you got the bridge. She gives a thumbs up and hops over the... Uh, Hops over the tactical station and into the captain's chair. Kara looks back at her. It'll break your neck one day trying that. 
We've managed so far. So far. <laughs> she gives a wink to Kara. Ah, with that, um, I will give an opportunity for Grimnir or Mary to have any kind of scene or reaction. Yeah, so I'm curious, where's Mary during all this? Mary's where you want her to be. Okay. It's uh, like during security rounds, inner quarters, in the okay. security office. Yeah, because had she been on the bridge during all that, that would have been interesting. Um, she can be called to the security detail in Channel Play 1. Or to the tactical station, since Larissa's not there. Oh, we'll give that to Bryce. Uh, we, we do have another security officer on the ship, who's technically in charge. <laughs> also, John. Just, John likes the, John likes the buttons, too. We forget about Bryce. <laughs> I mean, it's just because he's an NPC and third in line. He's just making sure, like, everything doesn't explode. Fourth in line, but... Which is a very worthy job. <laughs> yes, we want Bryce to continue what he's doing right now. Just making sure everything with the ship is okay. We're not, like, being reprogrammed to, you know, mutiny against the Federation through one means or another. Starfleet has had quite enough of that in its recent history. Thank you. All right, uh... So Mary's doing security things then. Okay, I just wanted to make sure she wasn't on the bridge during that, because she would have had something to say. Uh, yeah. So we'll go We'll go with Grimnir. Uh, we'll say uh, Grimnir's shift at uh, Club 42 is coming to an end, and uh, he's, he's getting ready to go on duty as, uh, as a Starfleet security, uh, uh, what have you. And, uh, or, yeah. yeah. He's, uh, he's, he's making his way to uh, wherever he's supposed to be uh, assigned to for the day. Currently, he has been redirected to Shuttle Bay 1. Alright. <laughs> Love what Kara is setting text. Oh, okay. I have to say this, but that Grimnir is a single dad of a sheep and working two jobs. <laughs> he's got his own well, side hustle, too, making alcohol. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, that's uh, part of the whole bartender thing. But yeah, anyway. So uh, he uh, he reports to Shuttle Bay 1. He's got his spiffy security uniform on, his shiny little com badge, type uh, 2 phaser at the waist. Uh, Graves has also called down, well, everyone who'd like to come down, essentially, in character. Um, so DB, Chorog, if you want to be a part of this, to just insert yourself as having been called down is just part of the general cultural initiative. Um, Setsa is also there, as well as John. John has say, a basket of fruit. Don't let Chorog be there, for the love of God. Okay, fine. We can have Chorog... Okay, Chorog's coming in on the way mission coming up here. Chorog's uh, probably heading to sick bay to get treated by Ged. Yeah, probably. Alright, so, everyone's just in the shuttle play one as slowly the, the golden spindly uh, well, bronzy goldy spindly um, l- little warp light ship is being tractored into the cargo bay or the shuttle bay. Eli standing next to Graves. It's just, it's kind of gaudy. A little bit, but I mean, hands in a brick. Grimnir, you see before you, lying in, a Dweber construct of some kind. You don't recognize it. You know it's them. Grimnir comes to a full stop, tilts his head to the side. It blinks a couple times. That's gotta be a coincidence. The the um, ship is, is sort of, it's brought in, but it isn't allowed to basically settle in the cargo bay. 
uh, tractor beam emitters uh, continue to kind of hold it upright so it doesn't become damaged as it sort of settles down, since it appears to be uh, just a tad fragile. Kind of one of the hatches just kind of pops open with some explosive bolts just kind of flying across the room. Fortunately not hitting anyone. And a... The core yeah, from the side just kind of sighs, goes over, picks up the hatch. <laughs> and the wizened old man pokes his head out the door and looks like an elf. Unlike quite any elf that Grimner has seen. Grimner blinks again. He, he's very much got this whole, like, shocked, incredulous, like, I can't be seeing what I'm seeing thing about him. I kind of want to roll an empath roll on him. Go for it. What what be the roll? Uh, let's go with command insight. Command insight, so 14. Does the focus technically apply here? Uh, yeah, probably. Four successes! Well, you can basically read them like a book. So yeah. You know something. UI is definitely picking up the whole Grimnir recognizes... Not the guy himself, but, like, he recognizes what he is, he recognizes the architecture of the ship, and he's just very dumbfounded and shocked and just like, uh, a what? <laughs> Eli sidesteps over to Grimnir. Everything okay, bud? Uh... <laughs> I'm taking that, uh, as not okay. I, 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 uh... I don't know. I mean, it is a very gaudy ship, I will say that. Like, it seems there's something more to this that you know. I think I know what he is and where he's from. I think. Oh? He looks over at Eli. I think he's from where I'm from. That's interesting. Except his people died out a long fucking time ago. Died out. Yeah. Like, mass extinction. Overnight. Disappeared. Never to be seen or heard from again. Just in the blink of an eye? Something like that, yeah. He's just... Grimner's got... He's like, he's very much not okay with this. <laughs> so the old man kind of hops out of the ship with a little brisk uh, swing of the legs and says, Ah, yes, yes. I am Dr. Tamoran. And, again, it's a pleasure to meet someone. Though, I am still questioning if I have actually died so far, and this is the afterlife, but I should say the afterlife would be more, you know, full of you know, strange temptations and sights and aerial objects, and this ship seems quite solid indeed. Graves nods and says, All right, yeah, it is. I'm Captain Graves. You are um, aboard the USS Reliant, and we represent the United Federation Planets a united multi-species organization dedicated to science exploration, mutual advancement, and uh, cultural exchange. Um, and he sort of goes through the rounds of like introducing everyone that's there and giving a little bit of a, um, a nod to, what species, or to their species. And he kind of goes over to Grimnir and says, and Grimnir is human-ish. Yeah. <laughs> human. He's just staring at the Dwemer like, He's he's very much got a suspicious, you know, not trusting look on his face. Ah, yes. Grimnir, should say, you look like a figure from our storybooks back when, well, before the Great Migration, when legend says that we inhabited a world with many different people. 
Ah, tales, though, can be quite exaggerated, but we believe we came from somewhere else, for we have little paleontological record beyond the plate forms that unfortunately went extinct after the Great Migration. But they are mostly slugs, and I regret that we have carried on the honor and legacy and done quite a bit to advance ourselves beyond that. Ah, you see, my ship here? This is the Celestia. Grand work. Uh, our organization, uh, the foundation, it is a uh, similar united front of Dwemer coming up from below to reach for the st stars above. Fortunately, certain things happened. We had to launch it well ahead of schedule, but for this opportunity, it's been, again, quite worthwhile. Rips nods. It's like, um, all right, uh, what exactly pushed you ahead of schedule? It's like, the man rums back of his neck and says, uh, You see, we use um, Tomata to aid us, and they have, well, the ones in the facility, I hope, have, well, malfunctioned. And, well, it's a choice between letting them have access to the Celestia or, well, launching it, and I decided to launch. Oh, the rest of the crew, um, the rest of the facility members escaped. I believe uh, evacuations are underway. I had to focus that. Well, um, kind of looks a little bit awkward. And uh, all right, we'll render assistance if we can on that matter. Uh, in the meantime, would you care for a tour of the ship? <laughs> uh, Doctor Tamar says, uh, "Bathroom, if you please, first. Uh, we did not have proper facilities installed." Grace nods like, "All right." Uh, we'll There's a head right over here. Oh, wonderful. I was going to say, that's it's, common it's for, for early spacecraft now, isn't it? Uh, tomorrow, no, uh, no, it's like, all right, I should be back, I promise. And he sort of jogs off. Graves turns to the others. Well. So Grimnir's having a fun day. Grimnir is just staring where the, the, the guy went, just almost glowering. <laughs> Grimnir? Seth just kind of looks around and says, does that sound like an AI uprising to anyone else? Oh, Graves, uh, yeah, that that does sound like an AI uprising. Shoot. Yeah. Well, gonna be an interesting first contact. Uh, at least. Yeah, any um, other thoughts? At least they no longer. At least they post warp, so we can assist. Mm, indeed. So. Ah. Uh, all right. Um. All right. As far as robotics go, uh, Setsa, Eli, I kind of want you to er, want you two to, to take a little bit of point on that matter. Um, once we start getting a little bit more information on this. In the meantime, I kind of want to have security and tactical team standing by in case we need to launch a mission. And as far as anything else goes, we'll just see how diplomacy fares with Dr. Tamar here. That all right? Of course, Captain. Very good. Rice chimes in. Well, we got two squads ready, but which side should we aid? Shrug is like, all depends on the situation. Hopefully we can get a peaceful outcome out of this. Certainly, recognize AIs and life, especially with uh, BT-20 on board and Oakley. And kind of gives Setsa a nod as well. Setsa slaps up and says, Oh, I'm in between, but yeah, certainly uh, do my best to help out with things. Doctor Tamar comes back, kind of zipping up, his, zipping up his flight suit, and says, "Ah, very, very sorry. I 
shall hope this doesn't quite go into the history books. We don't usually keep a record of bathroom breaks in the history books, so you should be fine. That's it begins to raise a hand, but lowers it. Uh, Griff says, all right, um, let's see. So I can facilitate, or Grimnir and I can facilitate uh, most expediently for your tour of the ship, but uh, about this situation with your automata, Dr. Tamarin says, oh, yes, um, hopefully an isolated matter there, controlled by, well, a local installation. We don't use the general networks. Um, but yes, they started running amok, so to speak. There's a lot of smashing, and they were trying to get to where they shouldn't go, so, uh, we let sounds like, yeah, I gather that. Uh, do you have any records aboard your ship about what kind of automata these are? Mm, tomorrow, things like some technical manuals may be included in one of the hard drives. I, I shall have a look. And he proceeds to hop back into his ship and rummage around for a minute, coming out with a small computer um, and says, Hi, yes, if you can tap into this, there are going to be some schematics on here. Graves nods and says, All right. He hands it over to uh, Rick here. All right, while we're touring, Rick, I want you to get a work on trying to pull information from this, learn the full context of the situation. Uh, Rick just sort of nods. All right, so, oh, let's get the tour underway. And he, Grimnir, and Tamarin head off while Setsa kind of uh, hops over to um, Rick's here uh, to potentially advise on the AI while others are free to either prepare for a potential away mission or volunteer for the tour or help out with Rick. Or if they're or like no Kara, they manage to stay on the bridge and don't have to do jack shit. Exactly. <laughs> Daniel has raised his hand. Right. Setsa looks to Daniels. You know, I I did build a few robots back in the day to help me out in space and stuff. So should I be involved in any of this or You're part oh, of my sure. team. I mean, yeah, I mean you're yeah. I mean you built robots. I mean you've got some experience and these aren't likely to be like Federation robots, so yeah, certainly. Cool. I'll I'll go get my I'll go get my suit and just kind of wait for us to go do things. Okay, so they head something. over. Yeah. So what uh, what was that? Eli I said Eli whispers to Setsu. Why does he need a suit to work on robots? Um, maybe it's got tools. Tools for robots. You just be able to take the tool. Uh, you know, I'm not gonna question it. I mean, maybe it's just a pepper thing. You know. Like uh, sometimes when I'm doing some difficult math problems, I like wearing a hat. That's are fun. Alright, so engineering team. Uh our momentum level right now, I'm gonna say we've got four momentum. Uh, yeah, I think it's four rolls which we've far exceeded what I had for difficulty threshold. So um yeah, so you've got four momentum, uh engineering team. You meet up in the engineering lab while Graves is doing the diplomacy, and you're tasked to accessing this alien's computer. All right, so while I'm accessing the system, our goal is to determine not only the capabilities of these uh, automata, but the complexity, whether they are 
merely executing a program or whether there is more under the hood if um, if they are truly a sentient. Indeed so. And you're also tasked with basically, I mean, it's the context of the situation, which, which would also be sort of like, what is their, like any cultural or political data as well? Like just historical information, stuff like that, where they can really kind of gauge what interacting with uh, Dr. Tamarins uh, will actually represent. So uh, who on my team is this? an anthropologist? I think we've got at least one. Uh, that might be sad, sir. Uh, yeah, she has a focus on anthropology. Right, uh, so can you focus on that? We'll try and, um, well, once we get the data, that's the first thing we need to worry about. So, um, let's try and find a way to access this utterly alien data storage device. Oh, right, can do. Uh, Grawl, 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 uh, over here. Um, yeah, let's go ahead and take a look at this. Let's try to pull what we can from it. Uh, I'll take the robots if you want to take the, um, yeah, more of the, sort of the culture newscast, I think, because we're running from there. The feathered, you know, the feathered alien just kind of nods and hops off. There's a little tonk, tonk, tonk from the caps on his, uh, toe claws as he heads off. So, they will do their rolls. Uh, let's see, Grawl, let's say focus of, uh, well, uh, let's go with a target of 16 with a critical range of 5. This is their wheelhouse. And Setsa will basically do likewise. Two successes from Setsa. And two successes from Grawl. They're able to get quite a bit of intel from this thing. Um, so on the Setsa side, um, she finds that the robots are basically executing a set of command sequences from a major computer unit. So the computer itself, well, it's a very sophisticated AI apparatus. It's unclear to what degree it's sentient, but at the very least, it's sort of, it's kind of on that borderline, where it's maybe not a generalized artificial intelligence by design, but it certainly has some of those characteristics, which is how sophisticated it's uh, more machine learning um, aspects have just been developed over years and years in handling so many autonomous systems and dealing with all the sort of contingencies that those systems can be placed into. Um, the uh, sociological side holds that the Foundation is a relatively low-key institute uh, on the Dwemer homeworld, which consists of a set of five kind of kingdoms, they're all relatively friendly with one another, engaging in a lot of commerce. There's a little bit of resentment around certain uh, merchant guilds, especially those making rival types of uh, robotics. But it does seem like a society that the Federation can have, um, or in the lines more broadly, can have a peaceful contact with. It's not like Dr. Um, Fine. <laughs> I don't know, you wrote the script. What's the doctor's name? I actually made his name up on the fly. Tamasin? No, it was Tamarin. Tamarin. Dr. Tamarin. Oh, that doctor. Um, I wasn't sure which one you were going to mean. Like, I'm a doctor. doctor. Yeah, but Dr. Tamarin. Um, and he's kind of just seen as kind of just, like, he, he's a decent scientist, but he's actually not the star of that foundation. He's not, like, you know, this great, brilliant mind that's held up and revered 
He's just kind of like on the side as a integral player in integral player, but just a player in a lot of the collaborations going on at this institution. So potentially him taking the ship was more of an opportunity rather than something that was totally planned. At the same time, he did not explode. So that's good. So broadly, they've got information on how the robots work, what their parameters are, and sort of like what the structure of that society is. And they relay the information on it. Coral looks over. Well, there's a possibility that he might have used this to advance his own career. On the other hand, that would mean that given that he didn't think there was a way back, he was willing to die to get in the history books. Yeah, I mean, they were building the ship, and if there was a risk of the ship being lost, um, yeah, they may not have been able to recover in a while, so it could be like, you know, you only get one shot. Could be. I just wanted to mention that there's always the possibility that there might have been a personal, you know, a personal ambition. Mm. And again, yeah. you kind of have to admire an ambition that would lead to you getting yourself killed. On purpose, I mean. Well, yeah, on purpose. I don't know Is about it? how, you know, my first life ended, but could have been ambition, not for sure. Isn't it just fate that we were here to save him in time? Well, yeah, happy coincidence. But, again, I mean, we do have long-range sensors, so anything, you know, in this area, we wouldn't think that pretty well. Well, if it helps you feel better about coincidences, Doctor, think about the vast majority of civilizations where something like this happens and there's no one to help them, and the guy just flies off into space to die a dark, cold death. Our initial yeah. um, warp test was uh, un unmanned. You just got to appreciate somebody that's willing to strap themselves into a rocket and just go at it. John raises a hand and says, Um, well, my grandpappy once, well, he, he found a rocket, and it was a big rocket, and um, he went inside the rocket, and uh, yeah, that's how tardigrades achieve warp light. But you guys can... T I'm not going to question it. Okay. I mean, it, it's slow, but... I mean, we, we did it. I mean, we, that that's what I told Starfleet. said, oh, we did sport, we did warp, so you couldn't talk to me. All right. And, you know, you we're, we're proud that you, you're, you, you guys did it. Yay! Well, we don't know who, well, who built the rocket. We just found the rocket. Well, you still did it. That's, that's good. Yay. I mean, that would have to count for all the species that bought warp technology from the Frankie. The list number's 583. <laughs> 472 of which have lodged complaints. <laughs> um, Alright, so the diplomatic tour is going on just sort of as per normal. And sort of like, sort of working around to the idea of like, um, you know, do we want to assist? And Graves has a sort of a one-on-one -on -one meeting in the conference center with the, um, with the doctor. And with that, uh, I do want to take the opportunity to say, do we need to take a five minute, five to ten minute break? Yes. I kind of want to make a bag of popcorn, so yeah. We get back to the USS Reliant. Where? Hey, Torog is in a sad state. Torog is sitting on the bio bed, just holding his gut. This is why I've felt this bad since that time on Raptor Prime, where I got shot in the gut. Ed just kind of walks over and says, Yeah, well, you're making a right mess of sick bay. Healthy man should not be able to make that kind of smell. I'm not exactly a healthy doc. That curry is just not mixing well with the brocade blood pie and the gah and the rah and the tibia's claw. Right, right. Well, lay down on the bed. And, uh, 
Gad goes over to the commands for the biobed and taps in a few commands. Right, so I'm going to take all the stuff inside you, and I'm going to get rid of that. Oh, yeah, please do before, before, before I upchuck it, then we really got a problem. You do that, and I'm getting you a mop. Hold it in for another two seconds. Oh, trust me, if I upchuck it, it's going through the deck plating. After a moment, there's basically kind of the beam effect that goes across Chorog. And he would feel hungry if he wasn't already feeling so many other things. At that point, uh, Ged goes over to the replicator, replicates basically a glass of pink goo, and holds it up to Chorog. Ah, drink this, you'll be fine, you baby. Chorog sniffs the ominous pink fluid. What is it? Ah, some old Terran medicine I found in the database. It's good for you. Trog, at this point, has nothing left to lose, shrugs his shoulder and chugs the glass. Hmm, interesting taste. Well, that's a kind way to put it. I want to go ahead and have Chorog roll a... Oh, what would be a good roll for this? Uh, let's just do a command... Um, command control roll. Oops. That's another reason I'm doing this. Uh, so, two successes. You do not become addicted <laughs> to the medicine you have just be, uh, been granted. It's fine. It, it's not as bad as you think, but or not as bad as you would have anticipated, but it's not like the best thing ever, and oh god, you have to have more of it. Oh, being controlled by Pepto-Bismol, that'd be interesting. <laughs> you had to resist the call of Pepto-Bismol. That was the, the control aspect to that. We're going from computer games to hokey horror movies. Well, at least it came from the Pepto-Bismol! <laughs> Alright. So, the Bismol. Jumps off the bed. I feel better now. I think my gut likes me again. Good. I'm gonna take a shower. Shower? What, what, what's that? Oh, just uh, get what? the hell out of my sick bay. Come on, the smell's not that bad, Trog says as he walks out. After he walks out, Ged gets out a piece of, or a thing of tweezers, reaches up in his nose and pulls out big cotton balls. Back on the bridge, Graves calls a all-senior staff meeting. Kara shows up and just kind of sits down and says, Ah, I guess I count. Yeah, you do. Damn it. Setsa sits next to Kara, just sort of scoots over, and just kind of just has a data pad in head, in hand, ready, ready. Trog saunters onto the bridge into the uh, briefing room and takes a seat. Uh, Eli Rick, is sitting. I'm oh, sorry, you first. Uh, uh, Rick enters. He's he's mainly focused on uh, a data pad in front of him. That's uh, he's doing something. He's not writing, but he's definitely interacting with it. Beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, boop, beep. Um. Also, uh, Graves or Graves has also invited Grimnir and Lieutenant Tardigrade. Eli sits near the end of the table, near where the captain sits. Grim says, All right, well, Dr. Tam uh, Tamarin and Waitley's care for the time being, so we can, well, discuss the situation here. Is that a good idea? It's a good enough idea. Grim says, Talk to the doctor. Um, got a little bit of an idea for what's happening down there, but could use some co uh, cooperation if we pulled anything from the... Um, the uh, data systems. Uh, Setsa just kind of gets up, gestures to the panel on the wall, and gives a rundown on what they've found so far. 
which is, you know, the basics of the species they're dealing with, the centralized nature of the AI controlling the automatons, etc. And, well, being part of an AI conspiracy at a certain point, I think the likely situation we're dealing with is that someone uh, compromised the security systems, uh, or the AI systems, or, we, or there was a long-term design defect that caused these kinds of issues. But considering the scale of their society that depended on robotics, kind of thinking the former. Well, somebody did that on purpose. Doesn't this make this like that old uh, Terran TV show about being lost in the cosmos or something? Oh, you mean lost in space? Those. Or Red Dwarf? Oh, I love Red Dwarf. Farscape. Actually, no, John says Farscape. He loves the puppets. Car just looks around. One of those. It also sounds kind of like what happened to Voyager. Well, at least like getting lost in space, that part. What about Mystery Science Theater 3000? Look, I think we're getting off topic here. Graves says, all right, um, so yeah, um, Good Doctor said that if we're able to help neutralize the AI systems, it would likely serve as a reasonable entry, because there may be some level of panic going down uh, that way. I also think that, given the kind of confluence of events, we could also be blamed for the situation, so I'd like to keep any involvement that we have for at least our sort of primary concern here, a little bit on the down low. So figure covert mission to um, shut down the AI control systems at the facility that launched the, their warp flight craft. Kara just sighs and says, ah, can't shut it down from orbit then. That would have been fun. I mean, we could technically shoot it down from orbit, but I would rather our first entry into, well, diplomacy with a species not being an orbital orbital Orbitable, sorry, orbital bombardment. Not even targeted? I mean, it's still something that people might hold as what we might be doing. Or capable of doing. Cause... Oh, poo, says Kara. Although her face is actually completely deadpan. Graves looks around and says, Alright, um, well, we can probably scan well enough the facility. It's just a question of getting to the air control systems and disabling them. Uh, Rick... Setsa, I think that would be a reasonable first choice. Grimnir, um, how are you feeling about this? Grimnir! Grimnir's muted, by the way. He's dead, Jim. Might be dead. Yeah. Maybe. Grumpy! Hmm. Grimnir must be down in his vault. Okay, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and... and do that. Kind of cuts the thing short, though, because, yeah, most of the point here was to have Grimnir go and fight some stuff. So, we might call the episode a little bit early out of character here. I mean, we were looking at a two-parter anyway, so... it's. I mean, this could have potentially been a quick insertion, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. 20 minutes anyway. to 11. Yeah, so... Ravis nods and says, alright, um... Cookies. Yay! Oh, good, you're not dead. Everyone's thankful for that. So much um, to cut out. Oh, maybe I'll just leave it <laughs> in. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Extra special oh, backstage no. footage. Okay, he can't hear us. He can't hear us. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Wait, the other room right now. Okay. Did he never come back from the bathroom break? Maybe he just oh, went no, to grab something else. 
I mean, we were doing just like a conference scene. I didn't necessarily, and I said oh, senior staff. Okay. Okay. We could, we could he wait. Just just to get, he's, he, 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 it's a yeah, he's moment. a moment. <laughs> Jinx. He's using the head at the other side of the, uh, the conference room. He's writing a captain's log. Okay, I think this will cut out. Okay, good, good. <laughs> uh, so just imagine the scene, that one scene from the naked gun. He's just singing. He's singing something Nordic. (laughs) Singing something Nordic. It's like we can. Does he know he can hear us? Anyway, okay. So starting over. No, you're gonna have a fun point figuring out where to cut that. Like to start the cut on that one. But Rip says, "All right, no, we can probably approach the situation. Well, need to approach the situation." carefully, at least in terms of uh, the potential diplomatic entanglements, but I think we can, yeah, we can hopefully uh, deal with this situation pretty efficiently. Um, any thoughts um, beyond what we've talked about? Well, I if, mean, it is, if it is some sort of, you know, sabotage of the operation, we can offer our help investigating. Don is excited about the prospect of investigating. Nods vigorously. I'll get the hollow emitter. Uh, we're making first contact. You could just Uh-oh. beam down. <laughs> no, I meant for... Okay, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I got that reference. Graves, Graves like, um... We'll, we'll, we'll have our special investigator on call in case we need him. Car is completely lost by all this, but just kind of looks around and says, Yeah, okay. It's a good program. It's got a five-star review from Kirk. And Spock. Uh, yes. One more thing. Uh, Graves says, all right. Um, in that case, we are proceeding at impulse towards their homeworlds. We'll be there in a couple of hours. In the meantime, um, prep up, rest up as you need, and, uh, yeah, get ready for hopefully a relatively smooth away mission. I can finally test out that new rifle, just in case. People say I'm ready to shoot things. I mean, you are. I never denied that. Okay. Oh, that's in the armory. Make sure our white team weapons are primed and ready. Are we supposed to keep those in the armory? That is the point of an armory, Bryce chimes in. I mean, I have my rifle in my room, but it's fine. It's under lock. It's it's under lock. It's fine. I'll be sure to check that during the next next contraband search. It's not contraband. John makes a mental... John makes a mental note to return the particle cannon he has currently stashed away in one of his uh, lockers in his room. <laughs> it, it spoke to him. Yeah, it made an ominous hum. It's like, alright, well, there's nothing else. Um, dismissed, and yeah, just be ready to report to transfer portal room one in uh, two to three hours. Aye, sir. Couldn't we at least take a shuttle, and then I would feel useful? You can take a shuttle if you want. Ha <laughs> ha Yeah, score one for me. Right. Well, if there's any anti-air defenses, uh, just try to deal with that as best we can. Is that that case, might as well take my shuttle. It's armed. I was going to say, if there's any anti-air defenses, that just means I get to have fun. You guys better strap in. Hey! Are we sure we want to take... 
pretty sure we want to take Chorog in a shuttle where we may be doing all sort of flips and tricks after his uh, eventful day. Oh, no, no. I'm fine. Get get fix me up real good. Okay, okay. He beamed all the contents of my stomach out into space. I'm fine. John looks over to Chorog, offers him a snack, and says, Banana? I'll take a banana. I like bananas. (laughs) This banana for you. As Chorog just proceeds to just eat the whole banana. Skin and all. (laughs) Just like he eats cigars. Alright, and with that, the crew is ready, or basically, they've got a couple hours free. And that, just for the sake of not going over tonight, we'll call that the end of the official content. So, begins the time of miscellaneous scenes. Alright, um, in engineering, Rick here has got his pad out. Um, the holographic uh, emitters sort of flared to life as uh, a multi-level, multi-stage sort of terrarium with with runs between them sort of sort of materializes into existence. Um, state, uh, like a, a, a terrarium like right in front of the um, walk or one a high level, another just sort of dotted all over the place, uh, decked out with power, with with um with with the they each have like maybe uh one's got this like little like rock hole in the rock wall kind of thing and others got just a lot of plants, others just sort of various different styles, different um environments, but all basically like, you know, temperature, humidity, UV, um some with, with dark zones, uh, dark and cool zones, pretty much all very elaborate setup uh, that runs the entire width of engineering. You have a very happy wizard. It, it's he not made boring. yet, but this is that's, that's sort of the design that he's going for in terms of what the space will be when it's done. Hey, uh, let's see. Anything else for tonight, if uh, that's all for engineering? Uh, I mean, unless this is better for uh, next time when we're all, like, about to leave on the away mission, I have, uh, like, just, like, Daniel, like, suiting up montage. I don't know. I mean, you said you were going to go get his, his suit, so you might as well um, pay that off this episode. Okay, so, cue action movie suiting up for the mission montage. Daniel putting on the spacesuit, getting multi-tools, strapping them to belts on the outside of the suit. Get, having, like, having, getting, like, a, a cordless power drill as the heavy weaponry to the, I don't know, just... Just science stuff in spacesuit, mo- suiting up montage. I don't know. He he makes quite a few jingling and sort of like rustling sounds as like bits of like tools just kind of hang off of him as he's um, maximally preparing himself. And he may or may not have the idea like I don't necessarily need to pack this heavily, especially as um, I mean, did they say something about killer robots? There might be killer robots. 
That, that's why he's suiting up with all these tools. It's robot weaponry. He shall dismantle mm. them upon the battlefield. <laughs> Just running at them with a the screwdriver. The screwdriver is the scalpel of robo for robots. Indeed. John uh, kind of totters, totters over, sees, sees um, uh, DB uh, putting all his stuff together. It's like, um, I'm going to space. No, John. I'm going to war. Uh, by yourself? No. Oh, okay. And he just kind of walks off. <laughs> Little Klingon in him got excited for a second. And with that, Setsa is um, in her, her quarters, kind of going through different types of potential exploration gear. Um, oh, so real quick, uh, Grumpy. Yes. Uh, we just had a conference room scene, uh, basically setting up, hey, we're going to go try to shut off the robots. And I was thinking about having a short, like, actual, like, go down and do that, but people are a little bit tired, and yeah, we can go ahead oh, and just okay. call this a little bit early. So All we're right. in a miscellaneous scene stage, finishing up here, and uh, yeah, that's it. Next time, we will dismantle some robots. Yay! Sweet. Good night, everybody. Sweet. Good night, Geraldine. Good night. Good night. Good night. We're not used. Okay, yeah. Sorry, folks, for sort of like the the petering out of this one, but yeah, we we, we're playing with yeah. We went from one part to two parter. So anyway, um, yeah. So uh, Nick and uh, Grumpy, I'll leave final scenes up to you. Zetsu okay. was going to do something with Kara with an Nerf gun, but Kara is going to sleep easy. I don't have a final scene, that's... I just have that out-of-character thing. Hmm. See, that's what happened. Kara just wanted to avoid the Nerf gun. Zetsu <laughs> 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 is at, like, Kara's going to sleep, and Zetsu's just sort of, like, in the corner, just aiming a Nerf gun. And she misses. Alright, so, near any final... So, Grimnir is keeping a very close eye on our new, vis- our new visitor. He does not trust him. He is basically, any, if this were a visual medium, it, this, this episode would turn into a Spot the Grimnir uh, game, because somewhere on the screen is Grimnir lurking behind a corner, just staring daggers at the guy. All the man did was exist. I'm on to now, here's the thing. At what point is Mary going to find out about our new visitor? Whenever um, Yeah, because basically. I mean, it's going to open changed. a can of worms because Grimnir still does not acknowledge that uh, his origin is a little wonky in regards to reality. Mary, on the other hand, is very, very well aware. And so this is like, oh. Yeah, so you can, I mean, if we want, we can play that scene now, or we can lead the next episode with that. I, I say we lead the next episode with that. Okay. Part of because that's the, when, yeah. So, all right then. So, with that scene of Grimnir taking a look at the security monitors, let's call the episode tonight, and thank everyone for joining us. Uh, glad to have everyone along with the ride. Best crew in Star Fleet, and yeah. With that, 
announced, uh, I have an announcement. Oh yes, yes, yes. Very important announcement. If you, hey there, viewer. Yes, you, you specifically sitting in that chair or standing. We know you're there, there Roger. Roger. Yeah, exactly, Roger. If you're going to be in Philadelphia, you should go to DNICon, the Galactic Diversity and Inclusion Con. We'll have such guests as Denise Crosby, Robert Picardo, Alexander Sitting, Tim Russ, J.G. Hertzler, John Billingsley, Garrett Wong, Connor Trenier, Dominic Keating, and many more. Isn't Sean Perry going to be there? Um, no, that recently, recently, he's, he, yeah, personal stuff. He, he, like, DM'd me on Twitter, like, sorry, Nick, I'm not going to be there. It was very That's emotional. Awesome. But, uh, but yeah, and there's going to be a special performance by Aurelio Voltaire as well. Yes, and when is this? It is going to be... Ma- Hold on a second. I, I think it was by heart. May, uh, May 2nd it to 8th. May 5th, May 5th through 7th. Mm. I'm going there on the 2nd because, you know, I'm helping set up things. But the official calendar ah, gotcha. are the 5th through the 7th. We have, uh, we got a nice, uh bunch of away missions from, from different actors that are still not sold out. I, I'm not a sellout. Uh, we, and... we got Man of Vizier. Visitor. Visitor? Visitor. Fireside. Uh, Vistor. 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 I'm bad at pronouncing things. I barely speak English. I, I know we uh, are, but... Karaoke with Robert Picardo. Acting oh my God. with John Billingsley. <laughs> oh, oh, and I'm never so have jealous. I ever in eight lifetimes with Terry Farrell. Unfortunately, Bat Less for Beginners with uh, J.G. Hertzler and... J.G. Hertzler and Robert O'Reilly. That is sold out, unfortunately. And we get, like... Yeah, it'd be really cool to do a meetup up there. I'm going to be doing some science that week. But yeah, if you are in the Philadelphia era, uh, area from May, uh, May 5th to May 7th, absolutely go to this. It's amazing. And um, you can check out the... Uh, is it on the Gaze in Space website? No, it is at... It is at DNICon... Dot org. D-N-I-Con.org. All one word. You can find it there. Awesome. Yeah, and then we'll be tweeting some stuff out for that as well, so keep an eye on us. And yeah, um, with that, again, we'd like to thank everyone for joining us. We hope as many people can get out to DNICon as possible. And again, good night, everyone, and we'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks here. Let me check the schedule, because a couple of weeks may be... Uh, yeah, that is... We will see you in either one or three weeks, depending, because that, that not one week because I'll still be in Philly. Okay. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You're leaving it. Okay. So I'm just I'm looking at calendar here. Uh, yeah. So two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. If not two weeks, three weeks. But yeah, we'll see you in some period of time to continue the uh, mystical Dwebar encounter. So with that, good night for realsies. Oh, actually, one last thing. Don't forget. Reliant at stubacugc.com. That's reliant at stubacugc.com for all your email needs. You hearing this, Roger? Come on, Roger. Do it. Roger, Roger. Roger, Roger? Roger, Roger.